0: Hello and welcome to the Indian American Experience podcast. I'm your host, Bindya Parikh. Indian Americans are a group that defies being painted in one stroke, be it in political or ideological leanings, definition of identity, or perception of their place in society. So join me in listening to the journeys and experiences of a diverse group of Indian Americans, or Desis, through lighthearted, casual conversations, and see if we can find common threads, maybe shed some myths, and hear some interesting stories. Let's get started. Welcome to the special Diwali episode of the Indian American Experience podcast. I'm doing something different today. I don't have fireworks or Lakshmi puja, but I do have three very special friends with me today. And we're sitting down together, dressed in Indian attire and having some mitai and wine. <laughs> Welcome, friends. Introduce yourself in a few sentences. Say when you came here, what do you do, and what do you love to do when you're not working? Great.
1: Hi, I'm Monica. I came to the US in 1993 to do my master's at Denver. I work now in technology and life sciences, so I do product management uh, for a life sciences company. I love gardening, I love hanging out with my cats, and I dabble in a lot of hobbies. I don't do anything particularly well, but I really enjoy doing it all.
2: Thanks, Manika, I think I was just gonna say that plus one to you on all of those comments, but (laughs) my name's Rita and I uh, came here In 1992, primarily to do my graduate school and also to join my mom and brother who had already moved here. So I now work at a tech firm. And like Monica said, I also do product development. I've been doing it for a little bit now. What do I like to do as my hobbies? I think solitary activities, I do a lot more of reading and gardening and gives me joy. And with friends, I love walking, taking long walks outside and then occasionally dancing with friends. Nice. Hi, my name is Vandana. I came to the U.S. in
3: 1993, just a few weeks after I got married. Mm -hmm. I work at a business office that supports uh, nine medical practices, all owned by one cardiologist. In my free time, I love to play tennis and watch tennis. I watch pretty much all the tennis matches that are ever aired. (laughs) I love to go for long walks, and uh, I hang out with my dog Millie, who I absolutely adore. And I love spending time with friends, going for walks with them, and just chatting and being. Ah, So, which of you go (laughs) for walks? Recruiting new people. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your favorite tennis player? Nadal is my favorite tennis player, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. he comes back. and And I hope so too, at least for one more year. Yeah.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So since we're talking about Diwali, how do you recall Diwali, celebrating Diwali when you were growing up in India?
1: So Diwali was really special growing up because my father was in the Indian Navy. So we kept traveling to different places and we lived in different places like Cochin, Bombay, Delhi. But every Diwali, we would go back to my hometown and our whole family would gather extended family. So my father's, you know, including him, five siblings, all their kids. So we had a huge collection of kids. Yeah. And uh, where we lived, there was, there were some firework factories. Really? And my grandfather was a doctor. So he would get a lot of fireworks from everybody and we would all take turns and, The bigger kids would launch the more crazy bombs (laughs) and so it was a lot of fun because it was a really, you know, huge
0: celebration family and it was very special. And how do you typically celebrate it now?
1: It's it's a lot less it's a lot less, I'd say, people, but we still get together with family whoever's here in Jersey, not as many people. And we'll typically do a puja and we'll do fireworks and hang out as a family.
0: Oh, so, you do fireworks as
1: well? Yeah, we do. Well, re- more recently, after they started
2: allowing it. Right, right. Yes. Nice. Rita? So Diwali, so we grew up in Dubai, and in Dubai, we ended up having a ton of family. And because we didn't know too many people, so Diwali to me was all about family. Mm-hmm. We were five families, and each of them had about three kids. So between all of them, it was just a lot of people, and we just do random, crazy things together. And growing up, there was not so much of a religious focus on it. It was more just being together and, you know, the spirit of being together as a family. My special moments with my mom were week before Diwali, she would spend awful lot of time making sweets. And I don't have one sweet tooth. I have 24 sweet teeth, I think. <laughs> so I ended up just, just loving doing things with her. We'd be frying the gulab jams, we'd be making the coconut barfis and the chickies and everything. And mm-hmm. a special memory for me was that my mom was knew about my sweet tooth. So what she would do is she would find these random areas in the house and she'd go put the whole steel at bar and she'd hide it there so that I wouldn't see it. And it was like a, you know, chick, cat and mouse came. I had to find where she kept it because I was there when she made it. And so i would be looking around and seeing where it is. Oh, and so it was so fun. So funny. It was so fun. And then coming here, my mom, because she was here, The tradition continued and would keep doing that. Hmm. So that was, I think, the most special part of Diwali. And Hmm. now it's uh, it's different. And for the first time, I'm going to be in India in Diwali. So this is going to be interesting. That'll be awesome. It was. So I'm going to try and see. Part of me wants to recreate that whole family thing over there Hmm. and see what does that mean or has that changed. Yeah. So it's more an investigation for myself and say. Is this more in my head or is this what we need to do so? Okay. It's probably going fun. to be different than how you imagine it, right. but I hope it's still wonderful yes, for I'm, you. I'm looking forward.
3: For me, my first memories of Diwali go back to when I was, I think, five years old. So I grew up in Nenital district and in a small little town called Mukteshwar. The first memories I have is of going to, to watch Leela.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. which
3: is the enactment of uh, lord ram's life story mm-hmm. so that was a huge thing leading up to diwali five weeks before diwali we would you know start looking forward to ramleela and we used to start making the bows and arrows we would break branches from trees and actually make our own bows and mm-hmm. arrows and take the bows and arrows with us to watch ramleela And the people who performed the Ramlila were all local people, teachers or people, someone who worked at the post office, basically people from, you know, the the locality there. And it was great fun watching them, knowing who they were, but also to us, they became celebrities. Mm. And it was always men playing all the roles. So even Sita was played by a man and (laughs) the kids would... uh, (laughs) You know, the boys would be Hanuman's vanar se- Sena, so my brother would be one of the monkeys on mm-hmm. Hanuman's mm-hmm. team. But then, you know, that once Ramlila ended, we would uh, obviously start looking forward to preparing for Diwali, which was always lighting diyas and uh, bursting firecrackers everyone had their favorite firecrackers for me it was this random thing called the snake which was a little black tablet yes yeah that i would, we would burn and it would you know let out this horrible awful smell but that <laughs> was my favorite yeah um, firecracker and apart from that uh, spending time with the family get lighting diyas yeah. doing lakshmi puja which was of course one of the biggest uh, aspects of Diwali, welcoming Lordis Lakshmi into our homes. And, so do uh, you still, so what part of that do you still? Do? So now it's much more low key. Obviously there's no Ramlila here, but okay. uh, telling kids, my Ramlila stories, which I repeat, I think, every year, the same story. <laughs> That's one of the traditions we have here. Oh, they're nice enough to not tell you. <laughs> Well, no, I do get a lot of, you know, yeah, we we, we know, we know, we've <laughs> heard all those stories before. But lighting diyas at home and distributing Mithai to all my friends. For me, Diwali is all about Mithai, not other gifts, nothing... But, you know, just buying Mithai, going to the shops and picking out all the most delicious looking Mithais and sharing with friends is what we do now. And now that the kids have moved out of the house, we do try and have them come home for Diwali. And that's a must. They have to come home and celebrate
0: with us. Is it hard for them to come home now that they're working, all of our kids? This year it's on a Sunday, but on a weekday... When Diwali is on a weekday, it's, it's a problem, at least in my family. The kids have to work, so we move it to perhaps a weekend. Or, But now it's changing. I hear that Diwali is going to be a holiday, a day off in some school systems around here. So who knows what time maybe our kids get the day off. Yeah, That would be nice. That would be really nice. It is hard, otherwise. Yeah. So as we're recalling our times in India, I'm going to ask you this question that I ask everybody when you look back on your childhood and your upbringing, before you came here, what values stand out as the core values that you were proud of?
3: For me personally, I've grown up with parents who've been very, very generous, who are doctors, and I've seen them devote their lives to serving the community around them. My dad, who was a microbiologist and he ran a diagnostic lab, was always providing free service to anyone who needed it and also very charitable guys. So he used to just give loans out to people without expecting anything back in return. My mom also, after she retired from the government services, started working for a charitable hospital where It was not about earning money, not about anything else but serving the community. So I see that generous, selfless, and, uh, you know, putting others first before your own needs as a very, very important value and a very core value that, you know, my parents had. And I'm hoping even if I can do, you know, one fourth of what they did in life, I would be, I would think my life was,
2: uh, you know, worth living. Wow. And Rita? So I think I would say it's, it's very similar. I think there was always this emphasis on generosity doesn't start with the most nuclear family, but among a larger concept of a family. So mm-hmm. the family wasn't defined as me and my husband and my two kids was the entire family. So I remember there was this one episode. He was buying, my dad was buying an apartment, and suddenly I heard that he's buying another apartment for his brother, and I. I piped in. I was like, why are you buying an apartment for him? And he said, how could I sleep well if I didn't know he had an apartment? It just stuck in my head for so many years. And he was like, that was it. So I think when I think about it, I think the emphasis on family is something that just, and I resisted it. I'll be the first one to say, I resisted it. I was like, why is it always about that? But it's like full circle, the joke's on me now, because I think now I've come to this point where he'd be like, yeah. At the end of the day, that's what matters. When I talk about family, the only distinction between how I learned about it is I don't think of family as just my blood family. I think of you guys as my family. Well said.
1: So thinking about the values, I don't know if there was anything, you know, clearly articulated as values because growing up, I remember not having a lot of rules Not a whole lot of, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. So there was a lot of freedom Mm -hmm. in terms of doing whatever you want and support. But there was this inherent do the right thing. So we weren't very religious, but religion in a way was just be nice to animals, be nice to the planet, be a good human being when no one's watching. So that was sort of implicitly there, but it wasn't very like, these are our
0: values per se. So it sort of permeated. You just invite them. Oh, that's well said. Well, that's wonderful. So then years later, when you left India, uh, in your case Dubai, and came to this country, do you recall what you had to do to acculturate when you came here? Think of one or two distinct things that you found different here and had to change or add to what you knew.
2: Rita, you want to go first? Okay, so I'm going to be provocative and say that when I first came here I- to do my graduate school and having read so much about a melting pot and all of that. And I took it literally. And I said, a melting pot does not mean that I'm the only one melting. So I, other than work, I made it a point that whether I was going to the grocery store, everywhere else I wore my Indian outfits. So I was almost like militant about it. Like why I shouldn't be the only one. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing and they have to. And so I resisted the urge and then I went and married him. Irish-Caucasian man, Uh and the joke's on me, right? Because then I ended up having to excultrate as much more than I ever expected.
0: So I think... Did you, though, have to change a lot about you after you married an Irish-Caucasian?
2: Yes. Well, I didn't, but I did understand a lot more about, you know, like, subliminally you understand a lot more about the underlying culture and all, much more than I ever did, like Thanksgiving. I don't think I would. Ha- I didn't appreciate it at all until I married him. I saw the importance of it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that's when you say, "All right, if that's important for you,
3: mm-hmm. then
2: as you know, a supportive person, I have to respect that." Just like the is important for me, so you know, you've so that's why I say the jokes on me then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Vandu? Uh, So when
3: I first came, I definitely found it difficult because I came from India where there was always so much going on. The doorbell's always ringing, the phone's always ringing, there's always someone popping over, yeah, for some reason or the other. So when I came here, everything, I found everything to be just so quiet and so organized, which just, you know, was difficult to adjust to at first. But then uh, slowly I got to know few people. I got to know cousins of my husband who became my co-family whom I would turn to Mm. in times of need, especially when I had the kids, I had no idea what I was supposed to do with them. So I would turn to cousin Lisa and call her. One time my daughter fell from the bed and she went off to sleep and I was really nervous. Something might have gone wrong. And so I called Lisa, I said, what do I do? And you know, she gave me, gave me some idea about how to handle that situation so i started depending on my on the cousins we started celebrating occasions diwali thanksgiving and uh, you know other other holidays together celebrating birthdays so that definitely helped me to feel more settled and yes. then definitely once the kids started going to school we started making friends started uh, getting more involved with the school activities volunteering and, um, uh, also I'm sure I made a lot of blunders in the beginning. Like I just didn't realize back to school night was a big thing because <laughs> I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And the first time, uh, my daughter had back to school night, I thought it was nothing and I didn't show up for it uh-huh. until the next day when I went to school, the mom said, oh, you didn't come for back to school night. And I'm like, was I supposed to, you know? (laughs) So that's how I learned. And I paid so much more attention after that and uh, became a little more focused and definitely started, uh, you know, settling in much better and also started feeling more accepted. So that was something that I think effort had to be made to kind of... uh, you know, uh, yeah. just accept and to integrate with the culture, which was very different from Absolutely. growing up in India.
0: Yeah. yeah, I wonder, even for people who grew up here, I don't know how big back-to-school nights were for them, too. <laughs> but, yeah, it's interesting. And then we adopt them. And then I think, safe to say, then we went to every back-to-school night once again. Exactly. Kind of, it's an important thing, right? Follow yeah. the roots Never missed the... another
3: one ever again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about you, Monica?
3: So... When I came
1: here first, I came as a student and I was a graduate teaching assistant and I was teaching electrical circuits. And there were certain words that if I did not pronounce them the American way, the kids would not understand. So it was, you know, things like beta and beta. In India, you say beta. Here they say beta. There was, there was that language. I think adjustment on small things, but it was just funny because I would have a morning class and I would learn all the things I'm saying wrong. And then I would have an afternoon class where I would do the same thing right and they would get it. But every time I spoke, I thought I was butchering the word (laughs) because it felt so alien. Other things I remember is like Halloween, since it is Halloween right now. Mm -hmm. I remember initially thinking like, what are they doing? Why Mm -hmm. do they have all these things like scary. Things. <laughs> exactly. giant stones in front of houses, <laughs> Skeletons. But it grew to be like my favorite festival of the year. You mm-hmm. know, when kids dressed up, it was literally, I'd look forward to Halloween and it ended up being so much fun. We can
0: imagine. How do you think the experience of Indians who emigrated here, like us, differs from that of those who grew up here?
1: Let me start. And I'm going to answer it from, say, my children's perspective because they, they grew up here. Mm -hmm. I think there's a certain level of comfort for an Indian who's grown up here, because this is their world. This is where they grew up and what they feel at home. Whereas someone who immigrates, they're always doing a little bit of an adjustment. And so there is a little bit of a sense of being slightly out of place. I won't say hugely out of place. But there is like cultural nuances that, you know, a show which played, which was a huge success, which is no longer like you've not watched it. Mm -hmm. So somebody will say something and it takes a while before you pick up on those cultural nuances and phrases and so on. So I think it differs in that sense.
0: Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. There's so much that we have to catch up on, not just uh, the language Speaking for me in terms of acculturating was a big one, but there's so many cultural references, yes, in the language, in the proverbial language here that you know I felt like I had to. And that's really the tip of the iceberg because, like you said, we grew up in a different place. Yeah. I have to say that for me, coming here, I had a very rosy image of the country as if everything was perfect. It's a perfect society, perfect melting pot perfect meritocracy, which kind of served me well, yeah. but there was a lot to learn there, the nuances of it. And I'm like, we earlier discussed, I think I may have made a lot of faux pas, just not knowing the context of things. And right. What, what, what would you say, Rita?
2: Gonna... I would say that similar to what Monica saying, I don't know. I'd say this, you know, whichever side you come from, I'm sure there's some challenges and some positive things. Like I think growing up here is hard in its own way because you look different. All of that is there. So I'm not going to diminish and say that mine was harder or theirs is harder. I just think it's different. And just like I, you know, is it better for me to have been, have my safer childhood and come here and then learning now? Or was it harder when you're just growing up to start look, feeling, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to say, I don't know, but I think I'm pretty happy with how it Happened for me. So good.
0: That's a good place to be. So now living in the U S for the last 30 or so years, how do you think you maintain the balance between being Indian and American?
3: I personally think it's uh, very difficult to maintain a balance because both the cultures are so unique, but also so different from each other. And I think we can, uh, You know, just, just, just feel that imperfection sometimes is the right way to go about it because just pick and choose what works for you in terms of the kids growing up. Also, I tell them, you know, follow your instincts, follow your heart and everything doesn't have to be by the book. You don't have to be the perfect Indian or the perfect American, just, you know, blend both into your lives and just, just, just go with the flow. So to put you on this part a little bit, yeah. what would you describe as distinctly
0: American versus distinctly Indian? like do you?
3: For That's... example, I would like, since I love sports, I would say following a sport. I would want my children to follow cricket. My children want to follow baseball, you know, so I have to give in to them. Yeah. And because they watch baseball here, they watch their friends. I mean, their friends watch and play baseball or basketball or football for that matter, I cannot force cricket on them. So I just have to let it go. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) a good
1: example.
3: Yeah. So that
1: was a great point about cricket, uh, Vandana, because what I was thinking was there really isn't a conflict and you can embrace both. But with your example, that made me rethink my answer a little bit. But really, I think I agree with what you said, which is, It's important to embrace both. I recognize that my children are American and I want them to feel comfortable here. I don't want them to feel pulled in two different directions. So I see it more of a embrace both, embrace what you like and be comfortable with who you are.
2: Well said. I think similar to what you both said, I think I felt that there's a lot of amazing things that I have learned from my adopted country and my birth country. If I can kind of help my kids and me, you know, embrace the best, I think that just makes it much richer for all of us.
0: I didn't know you guys were so profound.
2: <laughs> <I don't know.
0: laughs> well, thank you so much. There's so much more here to peel away, but that's it for this one. I hope my friends' perspectives and reflections will help spark conversations and reflections of your own as you all celebrate Diwali this year. And in any case, I hope it's a meaningful and safe one for you all. And I'll be back as usual on Monday with another member of the Indian American community. And I hope you'll be there too.